Welcome to Mistakes Were Made, a podcast about non-monogamy for messy people like us. I'm Sarah, a queer therapist, writer, parent, and journalist. And I'm her husband, Alex, a communications professional and educator. And I'm Jessica, your resident monogamist on the podcast, here producing off mic today because we have four mics. Yeah. (laughs) It's amazing because today is our first ever double guest episode. We have not one, but two guests, one returning. One newly being initiated <laughs> to the podcast. Um, and these are two people who sort of introduced us to polyamory. And I just wanted to make it as awkward as possible by <laughs> making it sound like they might have introduced us in any number of ways. But no. uh, We'll get to that yeah, later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's true, though, when we first heard you all were open, we were both like, hmm, really? Oh. <laughs> And I feel like you and I just like, Alex, our eyebrows kind of like wiggled at each other across that news. So, welcome. Zach. <laughs> you still just made it sound like we're having sex all the time. Tra- that's what I'm trying to do. Oh, sorry. It's yes. It's called a okay. curiosity yeah. gap. Yes. Okay. It's yeah. Yes. Our eyebrows wiggled. Exactly. It's yes. Technique. And they continue to wiggle. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, Zach and Mads, our good friends, our parenting buds, our fellow book club dorks, queer happy hour organizers and gateway guides to the wonderful world of non-monogamy. Hi. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> Such I want to hear more about guides. the the first time you learned that we were non-monogamous. What was our mutual Do you remember told us? Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, I cuz I thought we told you guys. I don't remember. Maybe you played it off really yeah, cool. Yeah, you probably like, told us. Oh, and really? Like, oh, that's so uh-huh. I'm so cool with that. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. I've yeah. heard of all of those terms yeah. before. I am not Googling them in the yeah. well, right now. Well, well, I do want to talk a little bit about that later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my memory of finding that out is kind of vague. I don't feel like it was like a big explosion because you all seemed like cool and edgy and oh, young yeah. anyway. So I was just mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm sure that's what people who are six years younger than us are doing all the time. <laughs> I Well, I just personally remember that it was very exciting because it was also just like, the best daycare gossip I had ever gotten. <laughs> what? Yes. For oh sure. Oh my god. 100%. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you both <laughs> of you. <laughs> so, yeah, we brought you on today because we love talking to both of you and we talk all the time about non monogamy and because y'all have been doing this for a lot longer than we have and frankly, a lot longer than a lot of people we know have. <laughs> so, you're, you're our resident experts. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> yeah, I love, love that. Um, well, yeah, uh, maybe we can start with, you can take off your coat if you want to. Okay. You like, I was, about I was thinking about it, and I was like. <laughs> it's going to be too loud. Your chance has passed. <laughs> yeah. um, while you're noisily taking your coat off, uh, I just wanted to ask, like, for you to give us a little bit, like, obviously we know a little bit about this, but I don't actually know the full story. Like, what is the backstory? How long have you been non-monogamous? And, like, how has that kind of, like, landed at the relationship structure that you have now? Um, yeah. Uh, I think... Well, I, so <laughs> I think both of us like to imagine that we are the people that bring it up in our relationship. <laughs> Just like simultaneously, you were both like. No, 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 <laughs> no. But like in my head, I was like talking about it before we really like named it. 
you know? And I think Madeline was much, like, clearer about naming that. Introducing um, the idea mm-hmm. of being open. Yeah, I mean. in terms of, you know, standard polyamory kind of stuff. My own is more theoretical about, like, two people can't be everything for each other all of the time, you know, right? Does that make sense to you? You know, do you get what I'm meaning? I did not. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so you had a monogamous period. Like, your relationship started out sort of defaulting to monogamy. Yeah, maybe we should start there. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. We were, and we didn't have any conversations about about that. Like, when you first started dating? No. Like, is this a monogamous monogamous relationship? Um, I didn't know there was any other option. Yeah, for sure. We were 23 and 24. It was was 12 and a half years ago. Yeah. (laughs) And we didn't, we just were like figuring it out. But I think I always joke that like I kind of had to be with someone that would have eventually been open to this. I'm not sure how long I would have lasted. (laughs) And also I had a lot of exes. When we were when we first met and we were living we in New would York, run into, like everywhere we went, we would run into someone them. I had dated. <laughs> and so I think going into it, like even when we were monogamous, we still were very open. Like Zach, I knew Zach wasn't jealous, and I think if he had been, we wouldn't have made it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah, like past the first year. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair to say because we we would we would run into somebody. <laughs> And then you'd be, like, mortified, and I'd be like, who is it? And you'd be like, oh, it's my ex's best friend. And then me and them would, like, get along swimmingly, and then, <laughs> yeah, you know, stuff like that. And it didn't bother me, but, you know, we weren't, we also, like, weren't talking about non-monogamy at that point at all. I do feel you like know. maybe that's, like, a good kernel of advice, though, to think about, like, if you're ready for it if, or if it's right for you. If, like, the idea of your partner having partners in the past and like having like thinking about those relationships makes you feel oh yeah upset, for sure like, yeah imagine what it's gonna that, be yeah. like when yeah. they have a current relationship right, right. Like, yeah like i f- it wasn't a shock for zach to learn that i'm like a very curious person <laughs> and i love meeting people and i love dating like that was a known <laughs> entity and also i had zach was my first serious relationship so up until then i had just kind of dated casually I didn't have a serious partner ever, so um, yeah, it was very new for me. And that was the exact opposite. I would like been in three relationships, and they were all, you know, serious. I was under twenty at the time, but they were all at least a year long. And so, when you're nineteen, a year long relationship feels like a very long time. Mm-hmm. Versus, you know, thirty six a year is like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even. Remember, I don't even remember their last name. No, of course that's a joke. <laughs> But anyway, the real the real thing that happened was we we lived in New York, then we moved to Berlin in 2013. 13. And um, I met this really cute German guy <laughs> who was the true gateway. Yeah, to the true gateway. a cute German guy. <laughs> and Zach was like, "You know he's flirting with you, right?" And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> Wait, like you were there, like watching him? We met flirt- him together. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. yeah. He was like a friend of a friend. I don't remember how we met him. Yeah, I remember, but I'm not going to name names. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I yeah, he and I were name. like clearly kind of vibing. And um, Zach was like, Joe would tease me about it. 
And then, you know, it's Berlin. We were 25. So there was a lot of drinking and staying out late. And this, this guy was like, Hey, I'm in an open relationship. Like you should do that too. What do you think about that? And it was like, what? And that sort of kicked off the conversation. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, like us dating other people, that was the introduction to that. What do you remember about what that felt like at the time? I mean, I know this was a while ago now, but you're, I, I feel like your story into non-monogamy feels different than the stories I often am exposed to, I think in part because I work as a relationship therapist, but also anecdotally, a lot of people, their first conversation about non-monogamy is because someone was caught right. cheating. Oh, okay. So yeah. you all stand out to me as an example um, of a different, a different way into it. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel a little bit differently, almost like, I feel like a lot of people I talk to feel like it's wrong if the idea is introduced because you are into someone or because something happened with someone. And I don't think that's true at all. I think that's a really reasonable way for it to come up. And it makes a lot of sense that it would come up that way. Um, it's not easy and it wasn't easy for us. I, I definitely kissed that guy before we had like set any kind of parameters. Yeah. And <laughs> but you know, we had been talking about it. But again, and it's like, yeah. I think to answer your question about like how did I feel? I mean, there were so the thing about that time that there were so many different things going on for us. Yeah. Like we moved to a different country. Um, we couldn't find a place to like actually settle down in Berlin. So we kept moving apartments and stuff. And it was the dead of winter. Was the, and winter in Berlin hits very different than you expect it to. Um, and I don't know, there was just so much stuff going on for us that it was like, ah. That's another thing. Uh, whatever. Just you another know, thing like, to mix. Like, yeah. It felt almost like an opportunity to like change things up or to do something different because we both were feeling pretty crummy, I think. And yeah, that's a that's a better... How long have you been together at that point? Two, two years. Yeah. Um, yeah, and but I remember us having a lot of conversations, and this is something I like thinking about the things, some of the things we did right, um, which I think we accidentally did do a lot of things right. And one of them was we had a lot of hypothetical conversations about like, okay, if I do this, if I go on a date with him, how does that make you feel? If I kiss him, how does that make you feel? If I sleep with him, how does that make you feel? Do you remember that? Yeah, and, totally. And, and it was sort of like, we got to the bottom of it and sorry, my interpretation was like, you were, you didn't feel like it would hurt you if those things happened. Correct. I also think we asked each other, like, do you want to know? Mm -hmm. And I think those are conversations that everybody has in the beginning of non-monogamy. Like, do you want to know what I do with another partner or what? Like, where do you feel comfortable? And, I, you know, I think here's something that's interesting. Like, my view of it has changed entirely about that perspective I didn't want to know anything I think that like when you're introduced to it it's sort of like kind of I don't know it felt like kind of invasive 
for me mm-hmm. to know. Um, yeah, and I do think that we accidentally doing things right is like my mo. <laughs> <laughs> Stumbled ass backwards into doing non-monogamy really well. I I feel like I accidentally do a lot of things right. I want to go back a second because, like, it does seem worth pointing out that, like, so you had just decided you had been together for two years and you had decided to move to another country together Mm -hmm. and then decided to open your relationship. I feel like that previous thing is significant because you had just made a decision together that was like about being. Like affirming your yeah. interest in each other. Yeah, in a, there was a lot of yeah. trust. There was a That's, lot of it's trust. It like, feels different than being in a relationship for like ten <clears throat> years. That is sort of you're you're years away from the last like big sort of like affirmation of your mm-hmm. interest in each other, and then somebody's like, "I'm going to go date this other person." That seems very different than uh, the beginning of a relationship, and you like just move cities together. Yeah, like, we're going to try this thing. Yeah, as well, but I can see how there would be fewer doubts about like your commitment to each other, kind of. Yeah, I mean, we we were relying on each other very heavily in Berlin. Yeah. And I think, and we, I remember Zach joking about this early on. Like, I don't think it was that first person that I dated, maybe the second person I dated after we opened things up. And I was like sort of checking in with him. Like, does this feel okay? Like, are you, you know, how are you feeling about this? And Zach goes, am I worried that you're going to leave me for so-and-so? No. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, okay. It was really sassy. That's a a great flex, honestly. (laughs) I don't think I'm not naming names. Yeah, I don't think I would do that now. (laughs) I'd be like, please don't. (laughs) Please don't go, baby. (laughs) Well, I think that there is something to this, like big shifts or upheavals in life that open up the possibility of conversations about non-monogamy. I mean, this has been a regular theme in the podcast that lots of people opened up during the pandemic. Lots of people yeah. open up when they have young kids, yeah. mm-hmm. right? So there's something about like these moments that are deep transitions or challenging that also offer kind of portals yeah. for thinking I mean, about life differently. I think, yeah, like you're saying and what Alex was saying, like you you're just made a affirming, we're in this, right? So but it's we, okay to like step away a little bit. Right? But we were also fighting a lot. I don't want to yeah. no, not that acknowledge that. True. We were our relationship was in a rough place. Like we were committed to each other, but we were having a hard ass time. And yeah. so it was it was a scary move. I mean, I don't think either of us were worried that we were going to break up. No. But it certainly wasn't like a light decision. Um and then the whole thing just tanked like as your first relationship and non-monogamy does it went (laughs) pretty terribly um and was pretty short-lived and then i don't think either of us dated anyone else for like another year and a half yeah i mean that's an interesting topic that we can get into too about like the Mm. sort of dynamics of our dating um we moved very slowly in the beginning. Yeah, that actually segues into one of my next questions. One of the broad questions I had was like, because you have a much larger like time period to draw from, I'm curious about what the different arcs or chapters of non-monogamy can look like um, and the different phases together and individually. And just like yeah. periods when you don't date or one person doesn't date or, you know, that kind of stuff. There was a long time where it was only me <laughs> dating. 
and that made me really nervous. Um, and I was really, I sort of didn't believe Zach for a long time that it that he was really okay with it. And at the same time, I knew myself and I knew it was safe and that I was, you know, not going to make any horrible decisions. Um, and that it felt really good for me and was really fun for me. So that was definitely a phase where it was like very imbalanced. And I think yeah. a lot of people feel like it has to be equal. Doesn't. In the beginning, um, yeah, Madeline was doing the majority of, of, I guess, our non-monogamy. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Your non-monogamous penance. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, she was dating people and I wasn't. And she had mentioned that she felt kind of, um, like, nervous that I wasn't totally... Not dishonest, but like maybe I didn't know whether or not that is really how I felt. Um, and and then I started. Um, it took me a so we started like with an open relationship in like 2014, and I didn't really date anybody for like five years. Um, and then yeah, my first experience was very bad. <laughs> Uh, again, like Madeline said, the first time is always awful. Um, and then, I don't know, where, then she sort of, like, became sort of relieved of, like, this <laughs> pent-up anxiety of, like, does he really want to do this? Yeah. Yeah. That's, like, yeah, that's what I was, I forgot what I was saying. Yeah, even, even, even though my first time was bad... I was so relieved. Yeah. I was like, thank God he wants to do this too. Because I thought it was just me. And then, and it was still, you know, you, I think when you start doing something like that, I feel like you all experience this too. Like you feel so like there's something wrong with me. Why do I want this? Why do Mm -hmm. I need this? Um, And so the fact that Zach wasn't participating made me feel that even more, even though I knew I would be okay. But um, yeah, so when he kind of entered the... (laughs) the court it was a relief but I think it's also important to note that like those first few years we we weren't like explicitly poly or even non-monogamous it was really just like an agreement that if something happened like it's fine like Mm. go for it I don't really want to hear about it but you know life is short you rarely get opportunities to like make out or do something fun with someone so if it comes up go for it it Uh was very like it wasn't uh like a proactive Right. We weren't on dating apps or anything yeah. like that. But also I think that we didn't know any of the language of stuff. Like in mm-hmm. 2023, you know, there's books you can read. And right. if you have friends who are dating people, they inevitably come in contact with people who are non-monogamous, especially here like in Seattle. And so like we didn't really know people that were dating we didn't know that except for the German guy well yeah (laughs) one person one person but like (laughs) the original man the OG (laughs) the ubermensch of non-monogamy yeah that's interesting so you didn't have like a there was no Zach and Madeline to (laughs) no we had no idea and then we had a child in there somewhere so right Right. there was no dating happening around that time (laughs) Uh, so I want to ask about the period like I think a lot of people will express skepticism around the idea of like a partnership where one person is dating other people and uh, the other person isn't so Zach I'm kind of curious to like hear from you more about like what what made you feel like 
you didn't want to, I guess, or what made you feel like comfortable with Madeline doing that? Um, or just what were your like feelings around that time? Like, it doesn't sound like you were coerced into it at all. No, 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 no. And like I had said, um, you know, when we weren't open, so this is like, I think this is also what Madeline was kind of saying is like, we were in an open relationship, like, and we weren't non-monogamous. We weren't poly. We weren't dating other people. What it meant was like these conversations that we had been having about like, you're, this is it, you know, this is your chance in life to try to be a person. Don't like throw away friendships or, you know, opportunities that might feel good. And I think just like my personality, I wasn't like seeking out those kinds of sort of non-monogamous relation type things yeah. in that way. Um, I wasn't like, you know, flirting with people or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> you didn't have a history of uh, no, having really ambiguous no. relationships with the people in your life? <laughs> no. Like just running into exes. Kind of dating yeah. them, kind of not, kissing yeah. your friends and, yeah. Yeah, so um, I was very happy to kind of let Madeline be the person that she was, obviously. Like, um, that's why we were dating in the first place. Um, but I wasn't looking for that sort of stuff. And so like, it didn't, again, we weren't like non-monogamous. It was this kind of like understanding that if this stuff happens to you, then go for it. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't looking for it. And so like, you know, I wasn't really investigating that part. Mm -hmm. It didn't seem like you felt the imbalance. I was very aware of it. Yeah. I think that's a lot clearer now. And also, I wasn't, there, there wasn't that much happening. <laughs> it's yeah. not like, you know, it was like maybe once a year, you know, something would come up. It wasn't like, like how often is it that you meet someone that you can kiss without <laughs> pursuing it on a dating app? Not very often. Oh, yeah. Without pursuing it on no. a dating app? Yeah. No. I and just, it's hard well, enough on a dating app, but like yeah. randomly meeting someone I mean, you're without into. Without pursuing like, it on a dating app or without it being somebody who you probably shouldn't kiss because of like how right. you know them. Yeah. You know? So it didn't come up very often. <laughs> So yeah. for us, it was, I think it was very like theoretical in the early days, which I think was really good for us. Like it moved very slowly and we had all these conversations and like we really, by the time we did start dating more proactively and like got on the apps and whatever, we really knew, obviously we had a lot of trust at that point and a baby. Um, and... I think we just kind of knew where we stood. Like we knew what our values were and what we were looking for and what we were okay with and not okay with. So there were fewer surprises, I think, mm -hmm. than there, there might be for other people. And also like neither of us are very jealous mm -hmm. in general. So I think that's just a weird thing. That's like our weird superpower. <laughs> I, I, I do, I kind of want to like, I think I thought I knew when I started dating people like so wasn't proactive did end up like not really a relationship but did end up sort of exploring this side of me organically that's the thing that ended badly and i was like okay i do i'm i'm interested in this i'm gonna get on a dating app and then i did and i felt terrible <laughs> <laughs> and then i was like i do not know what i want mm. yeah but 
like we as a couple knew yes. what we wanted. Yeah, we and knew I, that's like what was important for our relationship. Yeah, that's not like that we knew different. anything about dating people or yeah having a secondary relationship or any of that other stuff. If I may jump in here and say that has been one of the things that I've really appreciated about being able to watch the two of you and sort of learn from watching you, is there is a distinction between what each member of the relationship wants and needs and what the relationship or the couple needs. And like being able to talk about those things in distinct and clear ways is really important. And I think for a lot of us who just go like smash cut from years and years of monogamy into dating app non-monogamy, it takes a long time to develop that discernment and that kind of communication with ourselves and each other. And there's a lot of learning it the hard way. Yeah. Yeah, and we learned a lot of it the hard way, too. You know, we just learned it six years ago um, instead of one year ago. But... Well, I mean, I am curious to talk about that a little bit. I mean, you all... We're doing this before it was cool, before there were books, before there were podcasts, before there were like relationship anarchy charts and wheels and all of the things that everybody references now. Um, what do you notice about that? Or like, how do you find yourselves in all of that? Or don't you? What do you think are the advantages or disadvantages? Thoughts? I think that stuff, I don't know, I find it a little overwhelming. Um, I've still never read a book about polyamory. I So, yeah, I'm not... Like, I remember... I feel like a lot of dates I go on, I end up having to look things up that they bring up, the yeah. other person brings up, because they're like, oh, yeah, kitchen table, this and that. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> um, yeah. So, I, I don't know. To me, I just feel like we also don't fit into a lot of those frameworks. And I wonder if maybe y'all can relate to this, because your parents, <laughs> like... We are not, we do not have relationship anarchy. <laughs> we do not, I don't know, do a kitchen table poly. We do not, like, I feel like all these things that are sort of like, like we ha- we do kind of like poly light, honestly. Yeah. It's a pretty, it's much less, I don't know how to talk about it, but like life altering, I think, than the way other people pursue it. I think it's really interesting to hear you say that because most of the, I think a lot of what happens with a lot of that, like terminology and stuff like that is just like gatekeeping kind of. Right. And the fact that like, you know, to me, you guys are like sort of like the, not the gold standard necessarily, but like role models are like the platonic because you were sort of the first people that I knew closely who had this kind of relationship. Um, So it's weird for me to hear you say like that you're like doing it light or something like that. Like it really doesn't seem like that's, Accurate. I want to jump in with that, too, because I think a lot of people say that about themselves. Mm -hmm. There is this kind of sense, and I'm curious to investigate this, that there are people out there who are doing non-monogamy or polyamory in the real hardcore way, and then a bunch of people who are like, I'm not doing that. I'm just doing my weird, uh, (laughs) not not real version. Um, And I think there's something going on with that. I don't know exactly what it is, but... You know, when I think about all of us, we have gone on trips with partners. We have met each other's partners. We have done overnights. We've had relationships that have lasted multiple years. Like, these are all significant and I would say, like, pretty challenging and transgressive ways of structuring your relationship. 
And yet we all have this sense that somehow it isn't as intense or authentic or rigorous as other people who are doing it. I don't have an answer for why that is, but I hear a lot of people say that. But y'all do that stuff a lot more than we do. Like we've, we could probably count the number of overnights on one hand. We could, we have only met a couple of each other's partners. I mean, those, those things have come up for us, but they're not like a regular part of it. So I think like, I always joke, <laughs> like a lot of being poly for us now is just like, I have people that I text a lot and sometimes we make plans. Most of the time they fall through. <laughs> And theoretically, like calendar padding, basically, I'm in a poly relationship, but like, it's, I don't even know. It doesn't even actually happen that much anymore. People are so fucking busy. It's so weird. I don't know. So it's like, I mean, and that also is just like a moment of time that we're in right now. And there have been times in the past where I was like doing way more. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, that's how it goes. But that's, it's interesting to hear you say that because... It, you know, seeing people, other people open up their relationships, it, it always feels so intense. And I'm like, whoa, y'all are, y'all are doing that. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe it's not a question of like volume yeah, or like true. intensity. And it's more a question of like, like openness. I mean, the things yeah. that it's interesting that the things that yeah. you referenced a second ago, Sarah, are, were the exact things in my head in terms of like, not like measures, but like, mm. they're like big <sighs> things are like yeah meeting another person meeting your partner's partner meeting your metamores um and you know going on trips or sleeping over with people like those kind of feel like the two like really big hard things that you like or things that tend to be hard for people um, especially people with kids yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean there's also like the thing that's very interesting to me is there's there's almost like one maybe two definitions of what monogamy is and there is infinite number of Mm -hmm. definitions of what non-monogamy and polyamory is you know like so that's like a a very interesting thing and i i kind of like almost i kind of disagree with madeline a little bit that we don't do relationship anarchy because i think we don't but I have a different relationship with everybody that I've dated. And that's like because we have conversations about what we want it to look like. And to me, that feels like anarchy and that there aren't rules until we've made them, you know? Yeah, but there's a clear structure. It is hierarchical. Like sure. you and yeah, I, totally. you always come first and that's not going to change. Totally, totally. But like, even the definition of what relationship anarchy means, that's not like every relationship that you're in is anarchy. It's that like there isn't a definition for what it is until you've agreed to terms. I honestly, I don't even get relationship anarchy. Obviously, I, mean, I, I don't get how it. I feel about I, it. And so that's I, what it means to that's me. That's a great definition of it. I've heard like yeah, no, literally two completely other yeah. definitions of it. Like one where that was the best I've heard. none of your relationships like take precedence over other ones. Yeah, that's how I was And then another it. one where different types of relationships don't take precedence over. So like romantic relationships don't automatically trump friendships. Like those are two discrete definitions. And then you just gave another one. Sure. But those, this is what I'm talking like. So this is also a humongous source of animosity with me and 
partners that I've had, friends that I've had, we're talking about stuff. And Sarah and I have actually talked about this a lot off podcast. I don't know. <laughs> um, See our future upcoming podcast. <laughs> um, about having terms that like if you're communicating with somebody and you think I say relationship anarchy and I mean what I think it is and the other person thinks it's one of these other definitions like you two are not talking about the same thing at all and that like leads to a lot of problems and it's a big hurdle that I am I still I just run into it all the time this is kind of a a passionate subject for me because it again comes back to this idea, and I think it's one of the reasons why you all talking about non-monogamy is so interesting. Non-monogamy is inherently transgressive, challenging, new, frightening, right? There's not a lot of representations of it. And the first response everybody's gonna have is, let's label the shit out of this. <laughs> let's give it terms. Let's talk about how to do it the right way. Let's talk about how to do it the wrong way because it's, transgressive and challenging and different. And I think like this kind of rush to define what it is and to create all of these like sort of boundaries and borders around it is more of an expression of anxiety than it is of Mm -hmm. openness. And I'm not saying that those things aren't helpful, that there's not a good reason to have them, that we shouldn't develop language, but I do think we need to be careful for exactly the reason that you're describing, Zach, which is, We're talking about relationships and people. And the most important thing is that we try and stay open to the possibility that we get to create the ones that work best for us and that we get to be responsive and communicative about that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what I always want to be oriented towards. And to me, that is anarchic in its basic principles is that it really is about people being responsible for themselves caring for each other, creating reciprocal relationships that are full of like care and communication and that are dynamic and flexible. It's also, I think that people hear relationship anarchy and they're actually thinking like relationship communism where they're like, everybody gets the same or something, or that there's like this equality, this kind of like forced equality or like flattening of relationships. Or they hear relationship libertarianism. Or relationship. (laughs) Oh, I get to do whatever I want. Right. Right. Nobody can say anything about it. But anyway, I'm glad we landed here. I actually have had multiple people send me their resources on relationship anarchy because it feels like such a confounding concept or term for me. And as far as I can tell, all of them are saying all kinds of stuff. Right. In a, I mean, in a pretty chaotic way. It's total anarchy. It's total anarchy out there. Isn't that the point? (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, but the, the, the other side of that is that part of being non-monogamous is you have to communicate really fucking well. Yeah, right. Especially if you have a very big, you know, primary relationship like a family. Um, And I think Zach and I have both done this well and done it terribly where we've tried to have boundaries with people we've dated or like manage their expectations of what we can offer, what kind of relationship or figure out what kind of relationship we want to be in with other people, what we actually have capacity for. Like, those conversations have to happen. And that is doing it right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like, the terms, I think, can help. But yeah. Yeah, but like, the terms are mostly useful prior to having those conversations, which is basically like, you should be probably having them really pretty fast. Yeah. So it's like, they're useful in 
dating apps, maybe, to be like, yeah, this I am this I'm, way, I'm yeah, looking for sure. this type of thing, but, like, if nobody agrees on what the definitions mean, and I, and I, I feel like most people who have, like, a lot of stuff on their app profiles that's, like, you know, very prescriptive, Mm. they don't necessarily know exactly what they mean by it's, it. It and often it's like, feels like it's an expression of anxiety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I, the last person that I was with made me feel bad in this way. So oh, now sure, I'm just sure, going to sure. telegraph Over, that. Overcompensating <laughs> the other way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But also to your point about are we doing it enough? Is it real? Is it challenging or rigorous enough? I really liked what you said a moment ago, Zach, where you're like, well there's one or two ways to do monogamy and there's infinite ways to do non-monogamy. And I think like, even if all you ever did was have a bunch of sexy text relationships with people, that would be certainly enough to make a lot of people who think monogamy is the only way to have relationships feel really uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. totally. I mean, that's what's cool about it is that it is, that is not, that is poly. Yeah, even a relationship where you're like, I'm okay with my partner like watching porn and me knowing about it. That sure. is transgressive. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah, totally. Yeah. That being said, I do think there are a number of experiences we've had that are, I don't want to say unique, but like the the harder, more, deeper <laughs> experiences that come with polyamory that... Yeah, for sure. Like... Shaped us. Like the heart, like heartbreak. Yeah. yeah. Like comforting... Your partner who's going through a breakup is a very confusing thing. Mm-hmm. And like watching them date somebody that you sort of have some level of like mistrust for on some level. Speaking of Spidey Sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about Spidey Sense in our relationship and stuff, but like, you know. Everybody's met a person who, like, is like, oh, I don't know about them. And somebody's like, well, I really like them, and they're nice, and they're kind to me. And you're like, well. Yeah, what if your partner dates someone that you have that spidey sense about? And, like, where that's hard. Like, what is the line? How involved do you get? How much do you say? Um, yeah, do you let the person? I mean, we've experienced it. So we have had conversations about, like, hey, I think you should watch out. For these kinds of things. But it was more of a retro than a... <laughs> sure. But on also like, hey, next time, do you want to know? Yeah. Oh, that are you that gonna Are you going to be open to right. a conversation where like someone's like, I don't think you should date that person? I would love to hear about that. Because I think having the small sample size that Alex and I still have, it's hard sometimes to know like what things are actual like good instincts or what things were anxiety about non-monogamy and I'd love to hear more from you all about like what a what advice do you have for communicating (laughs) to a partner that you think someone they're dating is sketchy <laughs> or like, tell us that. I mean, if you're comfortable, tell just like us tell story. us the scenario. Okay, so we're not super comfortable <laughs> telling you. <this> story. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it still it kind of stings, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's not like. I think one thing that Madeline and I are not super great at. <laughs> I'm gonna speak for you a little bit. It's like getting over it. 
Like, I don't know. I, a lot of stuff stays with me forever. And not like I, like, have these, like, strong feelings, but, like, I think about stuff all the time that, like, somebody that I was in a relationship with, like, ghosts me hard. I, like, think about it all the time. Yeah. And, like, this thing, I don't know, it affected you quite a bit. And, yeah. like, it, you're still oftentimes, like, bring it up, you know. So it's not, like... Well, yeah, it's it's... Again, it's two separate things. There's like the relationship that I was in, which was a bad, re- it was a bad relationship for me. Um, I was sort of blind to it because I was like, I don't know, had googly eyes for a long time. And it was like the pandemic and it was a really confusing moment. Um, and then there was like the dynamic between Zach and me where he was like watching me get hurt and not knowing how to intervene or whether to intervene. Yeah. And then I think when it completely fell apart, I I had a little bit of a feeling of like, well, why didn't you tell me? Mm-hmm. I was a little bit hurt by that. And I think that was probably one of the hardest conversations we had about this stuff. Because, you know, of course, in Zach's defense, he was like, well, it's your relationship. I'm not going to tell you what to do. That's not healthy. Um, and I did try to tell you and you didn't listen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know that there was anything that we could have done differently. Um, but it was helpful to have that conversation. I, I think now if I would do it again. Oh, sorry. Did you want to say something else about that? No, I, w- I was going to say like the same stuff. We did have conversations about it. Like this is to address specifically your question about like what advice. Well, like try a little bit of everything because like we did try to have conversations about it and when you're in a relationship with somebody and you like you know goo goo eyes like you don't hear that stuff right and then it's totally fine to to get upset with other person for not telling like you're not in a space where you're like i know what i'm doing right you know and so like you're allowed to get upset about stuff that's okay like as long as you don't like throw everything out the window. I think this is one of the more interesting, less spoken about parts of non-monogamy that I'm beginning to understand more the longer I do it, which is part of what it does is open you up to make mistakes and to learn lessons that you maybe need to learn the hard way and that it's part of the learning too. And get hurt. And get hurt. And like even repeat patterns that maybe don't serve you, but you're not going to see that pattern until it hasn't served you five times, right? And watching your partner go through that is hard. I mean, it's one thing when it's you because Mm -hmm. you're like, have, you know, your own relationship with yourself. Um, But watching a partner go through that or sort of repeat patterns that, you know, maybe don't serve them. It's a challenge. But it is part of what we're signing up for as well. Yeah, it's also easier to see that stuff. I mean, every, you know, in a different person. Like, yeah, it's impossible right. to see that stuff happen to you. Absolutely. I don't know why, but, you know, you're looking at somebody else doing the thing that you're doing, and you're like, why can't you see that? Like, mm-hmm. But this is part of how we uncover those blind spots. Sure, totally. I mean, that's part of the learning of non-monogamy, is that we have those blind spots, and we're, like, pushing into them, mm-hmm. and that's how you learn. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And definitely now, two years later, I can look back and feel grateful for all of it and not feel like <clears throat> I wish anything had been different. Um, I, it was a lesson I needed to learn <laughs> and a pattern of mine. Um, but it was really hard at the time. And I think like, I don't know, I guess the only advice I would give, 
I'm trying to think of like what I would have listened to. I think if you see your partner doing something like that, just like asking questions. Mm. Um, Cause my big thing now mm. is, and Sarah and I talk about this, like ultimately does the person you're, you're any other partners you're spending time with, like, do they make you feel good? <laughs> yeah. Do you feel good after hanging out with them? Right. Yeah. And uh, the answer to that question with that person, a lot of the times was no. And I think if someone, I, I don't know, probably not, but the only th- thing I might've been open to is like, if someone had asked me some questions about like, Hey, like I'm, I'm seeing you behave in this way, you know, rather than putting it on the person you're dating. But like, yeah, yeah, I've yeah, noticed yeah. that when you see this person, you are upset afterwards or mm. the, this, you know, it shows up for you in this way. Like that doesn't seem good. Do you want to talk about that? Um, and I think it's also very fair if one of your partner's relationships is impacting your relationship in a serious way. That mm-hmm. is very fair to call out and like address. Um, and I don't know that we got to that point in that situation other than me maybe just being really cranky. Um, right. Well, I was. But, gonna, I mean, that's an obvious way that it can be impacting your relationship. Yeah. Like if your partner sure. is thrown off like and is just like unhappy or like preoccupied all the time uh, or like feeling unsafe, you know, in sort of like emotional ways around a relationship, then that's going to impact your entire family or like your unit. Yeah. I think for us, a lot of that stuff was kind of hard to pinpoint specifically to that relationship because that was like during the pandemic, Mm -hmm. like the uprisings, everything, everything was making everybody feel pretty bad. You know, like, and so... Feeling bad was the baseline. And this relationship, for me, it was, like, the thing that kind of got me through a lot of that. It was this exciting person that I was, like, really infatuated with. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. So... So, Yeah. Yeah. It's... I don't think we... I don't think we knew all of that stuff when it was happening, either. And it was, like, we called out the stuff that we could see. And... You know, that's as best as you can do, I think. Mm-hmm. I want to maybe like shifting gears back to the question of like having a long term poly relationship. I'm curious, like for you guys, what do you think? Um, 12 years ago, Zach and Madeline, if they saw you now, like what would they think, or what do you think they would be surprised about mm. in terms of like the way that you're? Not Our just not just is. that you're old and have children and yeah, are broken yeah, yeah, people, yeah, yeah. but yeah. like. Uh, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I was talking about myself. Sorry. Um, huh. I think I would be like, hell yeah, girl. <laughs> yeah. About, about, what? Get what it. You like you would be happy about how easy it is, sort of. No, or? I think I would be really excited to know that like it's possible to live a life where you are doing so many things that you want to do and like living re- in a free way. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have, I don't even think I knew it was possible. Yeah. 12 years ago, I think I, I would not believe it for sure. I was a, I yeah, was you a would not <laughs> serial monogamist and like, you know, complicated relationship to myself, um, sex, desire, Relationships to other people, like what it meant to be a friend, um, all these kinds of complicated feelings that are a lot clearer in some ways now. 
Um, but I would, I would recognize the person that I am, but I don't think I would believe that. I don't know that this is really my life, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that seems like a pretty great endorsement. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> to be like my twenty-three-year-old self would be really impressed with my thirty-six-year-old self or whatever. I don't feel that many people can say that. And I appreciate that because I think sometimes I feel a kind of anxiety about projecting into a long future with non-monogamy. I'm like. What does this look like when the kids are grown? What does this look like in 10 years? What does this look like when I'm 60? Am I always going to be doing this? Like what, uh, it feels scary to me sometimes. Um, And so it's interesting to hear you all talk about a longer arc in a positive way. And I'm also curious about how you think about like the next 12 years. Yeah, I mean, I think about that. Well, a big thing that I've been trying to do is be okay with things changing like it's very hard for me to do that <laughs> and so like having these sort of like periods of reflection where we we can talk about how things have changed over time and what that means for us like it probably will not look the same in 12 years even in the last year the way that I approach things has changed. Mm-hmm. And so I think in, I think just like being how, how you get to be cool with things changing is beyond me. I don't have any advice for that, but like <laughs> trying, to, <laughs> trying to figure it out for yourself, like accepting that change is changes God, right? I know, I was going to say, you and I are just going to keep reading Octavia Butler until we figure out how to be okay with change. Yeah, I mean, sure. Um, Yeah, and so that has been a central theme in my life for the last couple years. It's helpful to remember that change is inevitable. Change is God, to quote Octavia Butler. Change doesn't mean the worst case scenario that I, Sarah Studebill, could possibly imagine. <laughs> Correct. Which is, of course, the way my anxious brains mm. work. And yeah. they're just like, oh, well, when you say change, that just means that everybody's going to leave you and you're going to completely die alone, right? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, obviously that's what we mean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really think about it. Like the future I think of about how... The future a lot, but I don't really think about the future of polyamory in our relationship yeah i don't either i think i just want to date as much as i can while i look good (laughs) (laughs) dang the most honest thing that was ever said on our (laughs) book okay okay also though i was thinking about this with i know i did a we did an episode here recently about aging anxiety and like age gaps and stuff I think that polyamory and non-monogamy that is one of the things that it comforts me about into the future is the idea that I'm not going to be the only one aging. Yeah. You know, so will a bunch of other people who are my peers. And it's nice to think that that won't just like pinch off any hope of like connection or romance or sex or like being still vibrant in that part of your life. And the older I get, I feel like the hotter old people get to me and the less hot young people get to me. <laughs> I it seems cool. totally normal. Yeah. To the people that are your age. Yeah. I mean, it is normal, but I guess because there's like this cultural like idea that like 
younger people are like desirable, yeah. right? Or like youth is, you know, yeah, sort of like yeah, cult of yeah, youth. Yeah, and like, yeah. I guess you were kind of speaking to that as well, like pointed. No, yeah, I think I would say I have, I mean, that was a joke, obviously, but I think I have more anxiety about losing my edge or not being desirable uh, oh, then. over time than I do about like any other aspect of non-monogamy. And again, this is like, you know, you're afraid of losing your desirability. You're not afraid of not desiring other people that are aging with you. And like, we don't give ourselves the grace to like, oh, other people are still going to be attracted to me because I'm still attracted to other people. You know, like, there's these like weird things that we have hangups on. Yeah. I mean, I'm still confused about why people want to date me now. So... Uh, I got. I'm working on it. <laughs> I like. I mean, this is all very relatable. It is very relatable. And I'm just like. Course. I just need that affirmed over and over yeah. and over and over yeah, again. Exactly. Yeah. The dating uh, helps with that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm scared of the day when I won't have that to like make me mm-hmm. feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. But doesn't non-monogamy mean that you always could? Yeah. I just heard a story from a friend about a close friend of hers in her 80s who is exploring, like, queerness and non-monogamy for the first time. That's dope. And I was like, that's great. Yeah. You know? I love that. So. Yeah. I have a couple more questions. I do, too. That have come to mind. Uh, Okay. So I'm just always trying to think about, like, for a, like, polycurious audience um, or, like, you know, somebody who's, like, thinking about non-monogamy or just kind of, like, starting in it, um, like the questions that they might really want to hear us ask you. And I think one of them as a, as a couple who have been together and non-monogamous for a long time, one of them is probably, uh, has there ever been a time where you thought that like your relationship might be like fundamentally threatened by non-monogamy? No, no. Clearly, it was a great question. <laughs> no, I think our yeah. relationship's been... I, I, you guys have talked about this on the podcast. Our, the, sh- the stuff that threatens our relationship is there. Yeah, it's our relationship. It's our <laughs> shit. It's our, it's our, it's our own uh, bullshit. We're getting yeah. in the way yeah. of ourselves. It's not... Um, like, I feel like, if anything, one of the beautiful things about dating other people is that, like... I don't know. It just, it, it makes your, or it makes our primary relationship feel, continue to feel like a choice. Um, and we don't take it for granted. Mm-hmm. And you always have this, like, even, I mean, this is stupid, but like even having bad dates, you know, and it's like, oh, that sucked, but I'm really grateful. Like I have this person to go mm-hmm. home to. And yeah. Complain about it. Yeah. <laughs> too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I had this thought this weekend, um, Madeline and I, and Alex were away together with some other families. And we were referencing the time before Alex and I were non-monogamous when I found out that he had been, had developed feelings for someone that he worked with. That was the closest that he and I ever were to divorce. You said that. You were like, you were pretty close to ending things. And it was certainly the closest that I've ever been. And I've never been anywhere near that Mm -hmm. since we've been non-monogamous. And I think that's like a powerful thing to acknowledge that for all of the ups and downs, all the many arcs and all of the challenging things we've experienced since then, I have never been, I've never felt like we were fundamentally threatened. Yeah. 
And I think the reason that question came to mind is because I think sometimes people sort of enter into non-monogamy with it with the fear that like it's on assumption. a long enough timeline yeah. sure, you're going to meet yeah. somebody who like perfect. The, a perfect person <laughs> who disrupts your slightly less than perfect, you know, oh, acre no, relationship. It never happens in monogamous relationships. Relationships ending. Yeah, yeah. People meeting yeah. other people that doesn't right. happen. Yeah. No, no I mean I yeah, I agree. I, I mean that's me, like... <laughs> being defensive a little being bit. Being snarky. No, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, it, but it also, like, comes from my family... Ba- like, how much of this is from your family background and what you know about relationships growing up? I mean, for me, I never saw a healthy marriage. Yeah. Monogamy was trash. Mm-hmm. Like, people cheated on each other. People were mean to each other. Like, I didn't... I n- literally never pictured... Honestly, I never pictured myself in a long-term marriage with anybody. I didn't think that was possible to have a healthy long-term marriage because I had never seen one. And so this to me feels very much like a reaction to that. Like this is the way I could do it. Mm. Um, Not that anyone has to do it, but you know, as someone who did want to have a kid and like does love my partner, I want to make that work. Um, And this is one way that it works for us. Yeah. That's a great point. It does. It's also like, if you think about it, you know, People, I think people end monogamous relationships that maybe shouldn't end because of the boundary of like, you know, they want to make out with a German guy. If that yeah. hadn't been okay with Zach, then like right. that could have been it, right? And that would have been, yeah. you know, a waste or whatever. I think about yeah. that all the time with our relationship that if we had let that transgression end us be right. the undoing of us right. uh, all that we would have missed out on together and that's mm. not to say that divorce isn't the right option for some people and like you know betrayal can just be something that you, you can't get over or mm-hmm. whatever um, but all that we would have missed out on yeah. and mm-hmm. I'm so grateful that it happened <laughs> weirdly you're welcome and also <laughs> that we we kind of like followed that portal like yeah. we were yeah. talking about it's Went pretty through. amazing but I I feel like yeah y'all don't give yourselves enough credit for that I think I guess what I'm trying to say is like Zach and I already started at a place of like not wanting not really believing in the traditional structures and so we didn't have to work through that right. at any point yeah, that's and I true. think that's a really huge part of getting comfortable with non-monogamy for a lot of people. I think also a lot of people who are going to like ask that question or whatever, they may be, and this is what I have seen sort of anecdotally, like people are in a relationship, then they're like, they're about to break up and they're like, well, what about non-monogamy? I mean, right. Mm -hmm. That's like, Mm -hmm. and then they, the first person they date, they're like, okay, well, now we're dating. Right. And, it's uh, another version of serial monogamy, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like a sort of like, maybe that's like a very Seattle thing to do, like an easy way to break up with somebody. <laughs> it's you like know? super like, passive aggressive. <laughs> oh, yeah. So now we're non-monogamous and uh, they're my partner yeah. now. <laughs> that's cool with you, you said. <laughs> I have known people that that has happened to, though. Absolutely. So it does it's not, happen. you know, mm-hmm. but also it happens to everybody or yeah. to every type of relationship. Yeah, that's true. Although I think the argument that we're making here is those are relationships that would have been struggling, were yeah. struggling, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless. Yeah. So a last couple of questions that I have for you all. Hmm, I think, well, 
one of the things I wanted to ask about is what it's like to watch your friends do it after you've done it for so long. <laughs> and, it, and you have watched a lot of your friends be like, okay, we're doing it now. Here yeah. we go. Uh, Domino's what, been falling Domino's <laughs> in our social circle, for sure. What do you? What is that like for you? What do you notice about it? <laughs> what, I'm like, what mistakes are we making? <laughs> it's very stressful. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'm not naming names. <laughs> um, I would say, I would say, yes, other people's relationships <laughs> are a cause for stress. For me, <laughs> not you're not talking about Madeline's relationship. No, 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 no. Um, I think because, like, we're all close, you yeah. know. And so, like, if somebody if somebody's in a stressful situation, that like it peaks it out, you impacts know, impacts all of us, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, it, it just sort of, like, yeah, it kind of, like, cascades. Yeah, well, I think any, I think we all know that, like, dating and romance bring out different sides of people. <laughs> and dealing with that shit is hard, and opening up your relationship is really hard. And so when you have that happening in, like, a very small community of friends, like, it, it yeah, it just starts to, like, everyone kind of gets involved, and, and you want to support your friends. And so, um I think, yeah, it was hard at times. I I think I was mostly just, like, impressed <laughs> at, you know, you two and some other couples we have known, like, how you were like, all right, we're doing this now three dates a week, and, you know, yeah. we're on all the apps, <laughs> and, yeah. you know. When Alex and I go, we go hard. It was like a job. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I just remember Zach and I, because, like, like, we were saying, it took us, like, five years to get to that point. Right. Mm-hmm. Um and honestly, the only reason I joined Tinder in 2019 was because I quit my job and I was going to grad school full time. And I was like, I have free time. This is so fun. I'm going to go on a dating app. Um, and so I think we've, uh, there are a few times when we're like, you, you, you don't have to do that. <laughs> you don't have to do all that. <laughs> kind of mm-hmm. to your point about like, this is what it means to be poly. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, but at the same time, like, that's how people learn. And it's also yeah. really fun yeah. and cool yeah. as long as we're not dating the same people. <laughs> Which miraculously has uh-huh. not happened yet. And I'm knocking on wood. <laughs> There's a table right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted to say how much I have appreciated that along the way a couple that of times. Madeline hasn't dated the same people. As <laughs> yeah. That Madeline has been like, hey, Sarah. What are y'all trying to prove? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you can yeah. pump the brakes, turn the volume down. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really, is this fun? Are you having fun? Yeah. <laughs> Does this feel good? Y'all feel yeah. good? And that has been a really, like, important check-in for me. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, I want to say that, like, the way that people, that, that, like, monogamous relationships are, like, building a family in the kind of traditional way and, like, having kids can sort of, you don't know the way that people that you're friends with in that context show up in the relationship and dating context and then that stuff is like re-revealed when they get back into it and if they're like chaotic in that way then they're gonna be chaotic again and if they're like very um kind of like 
insecure like all, and, and grabby. We all regressed <laughs> like 15 years. You know, yeah. you regressed to the last time you were dating. <laughs> I, so this, exactly. That's also something that's way. like, you know, we're all it like we didn't grow up together and watch each other date and stuff like that. And so like to to sort of find out who we are mm-hmm. as adults who are like already have a partner and then to see that is like that's the part that's like kind of whoa you're like that <laughs> well and it's been yeah. a role reversal because you two are younger than us yeah and so yeah. you know we're like i'm not going to do the math on that but you're younger than us and uh, i have often found myself going to both of you and I'm like <laughs> i'm gonna need your advice on how the fuck to date people or like yeah. kiss people or do any of this stuff because i feel like a tiny child uh and both of you have been really helpful in that department i remember also zach like on one of our walks zach was like um do you like this person yeah and i was like no no i don't and he was like stop dating them i was like right yeah but that's something that we check each other on too like are you having fun yeah (laughs) yeah yeah for sure like is this fun yeah or is it it seems like it's causing a lot of stress you know like is it worth it um because i mean not that it's not hard sometimes but God, like, it better yeah, not make your life I, worse. I will say the one thing I think, Madeline, I'm, like, very proud of us for never, like, well, I don't actually know if this is true, but for never, like, ghosting on people. Like, mm. we're, we're, mm. we're willing to have tough conversations, and even if that means that, like, okay, this is ending or whatever with, you know, the another person. Like, I don't know. I... I only say that because it's like that feels like an easy thing, easier thing to have happen in like a non-monogamous relationship than like two people that are like in a monogamous relationship. It's like very hard to ghost somebody if you're like seeing them three times a week or whatever, <laughs> right? Like, mm-hmm. did they die? Oh my god! Like, what happened to them? So yeah, but yeah, that's another thing of it is like you're just always getting exposed to this side of people that's like not always their best yeah. side. It's like a very vulnerable side and people don't always make good choices when it comes to romance. And so it's like, it's weird. And then it comes back to that thing of like, well, how much do I tell my partner? How much do I share? I don't want to. I feel like Zach and I run into this, like, well, I don't want him to not like the person I'm dating or think I'm making a bad choice. I don't know. I also am always worried about being embarrassed in front mm-hmm. of oh, yeah. my partner. Like, What do you mean? Like seeming unlovable to someone else or undesirable or like, to, to use our son's word, pathetic. <laughs> so you, you got to give me a scenario because I'm not sure what you mean. Oh, like if someone doesn't like me and I liked them and they're like, oh, I didn't feel a spark. And you get dumped. And I, or I get dumped or like, you You're know. afraid that Alex is going to be like, she, what a got, loser. she got what? dumped. Sure. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. Or it could be like, uh, like not holding a boundary that you have for yourself. Oh, right. Like, yeah. Do you like uh-huh. express like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to sleep with this person on this date. And then you like do, do it, it. And then it's like. Yeah. You're really feeling cringe towards yourself, but <laughs> if you have to tell somebody else, it's even yeah. worse, right? Yeah. You have an intimate witness. <laughs> I was one of your other zingers. I have. I should write uh, yeah. all these lines down but that so, Zach pulls out at me. Oh my god! But they're also like, I guess I. It's it's hard for me to imagine that 
me being embarrassed for me if it's too complex. I, yeah, I can't. I can't <laughs> grasp it. <laughs> like, really? I don't know. Oh, that's like so present for me. Huh. Yeah, you don't I, have like ego relative to Madeline. That if somebody doesn't like me, I'm afraid Madeline's gonna think I'm a, a loser. A loser. Yeah. yeah. No. Oh my god. I, I, what are you talking about? I feel like this is related to the you two not being jealous thing. Yeah. That uh-huh. no, like, that's what I'm saying. It's a it's a weird thing with us. Two. We really don't. There is some sort of piece of like anxiety or like anxious attachment that the two of you just like don't seem to be bogged mm. down in in quite the same way. In this part of our lives. Sure. Right. Yeah. We got loads of anxiety for. Huh. Other things. I mean, Sarah, you and I are also like a little bit competitive with each other. <gasps> because we are like, you know, have like a creative, like generative relationship that has some a bit of a competitive streak to it. Yeah, we don't, we don't I feel do like stuff we, together. We should probably go to Jessica for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jessica's been the one that's not. been witnessing that for 15 years or whatever. If anything, I feel like we're the opposite. It's like this martyr thing where it's like, no, you go have fun. No, you, you yeah. go out and have fun with that. You go on the date. Oh, you know, I've, like, been, I've been going on so many dates. You needed to go on dates <laughs> this week. <laughs> um. Jessica, you look like you want to say something. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm just... I, I'm amused by this. <laughs> it's interesting. I can, like, yeah, I can see all of these things sound so true. Like, I can definitely relate to that feeling you're talking about of like being embarrassed when someone doesn't like you, right? And I can also be like, that's so ridiculous. You know, I can see how I would feel that way, and then I see like you feel that way. Any of you feel that way? I want to make it clear. I'm embarrassed if somebody doesn't like me and I like them. I'm not afraid of Malin, like looking at me differently as a result as a result of oh that. yeah we're like, both very susceptible to feeling bad about rejection oh yeah 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 <laughs> for yeah. sure like don't get me wrong that feels awful yeah and i like what madeline was saying before is like there's sort of like a comfort in having a person be like no i still like you you're great you know and or just be, i'm always like coming in so hot i'm like well that person is an idiot <laughs> i can't believe they don't like you what a loser uh. <laughs> Oh, Where thanks, mom. <laughs> well, you're too good for those kids. Anyway, yeah, so. totally. They're just jealous, honey. Yeah. Oh. That's what it is. They're just jealous. <laughs> um, so I want to ask uh, about um, the sort of like, like either mistakes that you all have made or kind of advice to your previous self. So like flipping my question from before on its head, what, what do you, what would you, how would you now advise your previous Selves when you decided to be non-monogamous, or tell us one really yeah. dumb thing that you did that yeah. is an embarrassing mistake you made. Take your pick. Oh, I had something, but I forgot. I think, I think I would have told myself to like. I, you can't tell. I know I would be telling myself this, but I still wouldn't listen to myself because it'd sure. be like me from the future. You know. Whatever. <laughs> I, needed, I needed to get there on my own eventually. I'm least to like, likely to listen to myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, you're wearing a disguise. Sure. Yeah. Of a very smart a str- person. A stranger <laughs> comes up to me and is like, just go for it. Like, again, these are like the thing, like, change. Things are going to change. It doesn't have to be perfect the first time you do a thing. Like, it's okay to, like... Try 
and be kind to yourself and to other people and to to not succeed. And like what does succeed mean like right mean like what does succeed mean in those terms anyway? You know, it's like I did, you know, I, I I've done so many things that I was like kind of afraid to do before we like opened up our relationship, you know, like I never ever approached anybody at a bar or anything before we did that. And then I did one time. <laughs> and that was exhilarating and I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like I could have done that. I could have done that sooner. You know what uh-huh. I mean? I could have yeah. done a lot of the stuff sooner. And I don't know. It just it definitely like, brought you out of your shell. Yeah. So yeah, just kind of be okay with the unknown. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was something I know I wanted to share, and now I can't remember it. A mistake or a yeah, advice like, to you? Good advice. Yeah. Oh. Um. Well, you also referenced that the first time having a relationship non-monogamously is always a disaster. So you could just mind that if you want. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the things I tell people are things we've talked about. Like, take it slowly. You don't have to move fast. Um, Be careful with rules. I feel like rules don't usually pan out. I feel like I'll see a lot of people suffering from rules that they set for themselves or their partners and that get then inevitably get broken. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's, and it's like, yeah, like if you don't like it, don't do it, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? And not liking one part of non-monogamy doesn't mean you don't like non-monogamy. Yeah. Um, I think that was kind of coming up for me as a, mistake that was emerging as I was listening to you all that I made that I'm like I have to be in for everything or I'm yeah. not in for anything and I was like wait why do I think that I think that's kind of what I was talking about like you don't have to do it in the way that you have a perceived perception you know of like what is right or mm-hmm. whatever to just kind of it's okay to like figure it out slowly mm-hmm It'll come to me as soon as we stop recording. Yep, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's how it goes. If you do think of it, just like call and leave it as a voicemail. Or a okay. Voicemail. And then it'll be like a cute thing that we can yeah. put in at the end. <laughs> uh, okay, but I have to ask, do you really just don't get jealous and you don't get jealous and you never have gotten jealous and this is just like you don't have that gene and you just don't have to work through that? Um, I mean, the only time I got a little jealous was meeting one of Zach's partners, and they were, like, giggling in the kitchen while they were making a salad. And I was like, how dare you? I remember, because you texted me, (laughs) and you were like, they're wearing a crop top, and I feel like it's aggressive. And I was like, it is aggressive! (laughs) But I was also just so excited that you felt jealous about something. I'm like, finally! But like I said, we do keep things kind of separate. Like we don't, there's not a lot of um, overlap. Like you've spent some time with one of my partners. Um, Yeah. But that's, yeah, for me, it's like seeing Zach physically with like vibing with another person. Mm -hmm. Um, Like 
I feel like the thing people assume or a lot of people ask me is like, well, y'all have threesomes? And I'm like, hell no, I don't want to watch that. Yeah. So like I, you know, for me, like that's not like, like Zach and my relationship and our home, like that's our, my safe space. You know what I mean? And so I think when I see it or like, and it's in my face, it's, it's a little bit hard, but it's also not like intolerable, obviously. Um, and, and, and it feels kind of good to be like, Ooh, it's like what you were saying. Like it shows that your partner is desirable. So mm. that's kind of attractive and exciting. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I get jealous of Madeline. <laughs> like, so yeah, I don't know. Like not her partners, but of yeah, her. of yeah. her, like, Oh, Madeline's having such a great time. I wish I could have a great time or whatever. Um, and, oh, now I had something that I was going to say, and I forgot. Well, I remembered yeah. my thing, okay, so right. maybe okay, it's the okay, same okay. thing. No, it's so Was it about cute. taking turns? Really cute. No, it wasn't about taking turns. Because that was something we had talked about before that, not not the <laughs> yeah. way you're thinking no, of. No, it's funny that you guys are literally <laughs> taking turns with each other right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, because um, I, rem- I just remembered mine, too. <laughs> we both have ADHD. It's really fun. I re- highly um, recommend it. Um... No, that was my other advice was like, don't stress about imbalances, especially if you're in it for the long term. Like we have traded places so many times. And like I was saying, like the first five years, I don't think Zach dated anybody. And now, as I mentioned, I'm basically in some text relationships and Zach is out dating way more than me. And so like, I think that that feels really good. Like just taking turns being the hoe in the relationship. Um, it's, it's fine, you know? And like, I think it's natural to be sort of competitive, but sometimes you just don't have capacity and it feels, and I do think like we, I am genuinely happy when Zach is feeling good. Like I do really, I don't know if that's compersion or whatever. Um, but you know, I don't want to like, like kiss him a lot if he's like just been at a partner's house. <laughs> like I'd say my boundaries are more about like physical, a little bit like, ooh, you need to take a shower. Um, but uh, but it does make me very happy when he like feels seen and feels sexy and is having fun. Like that makes me feel really good. And so I, th- and I think getting to that place has been awesome and being able for both of us to ex- be- experience that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing of, like, me being jealous of Madeline. Like, I'm so happy that she's out having fun that, like, I don't even know if jealous is the right word. I'm, like, I'm like excited that she gets to do that. And, you know, I don't really feel as much of that these days as I kind of did in the early days of, like, when I wasn't really exploring stuff because I, I wasn't really like actively looking for it so it was this like ideological thing of like what is it you know that sounds so fun um but yeah i i think we both get joy from other person in our relationship like having fun and enjoying themselves and like getting to do these things that they want to do Cuties. Yeah. 
That, that all sounds pretty twisted. I freaking weirdos. So I did. I did also uh, remember this thing that I, I can't actually remember specifically how it related, but um, we were talking about like our overlaps with like you know kitchen table non-monogamy or like meeting partners and stuff like that. Like a lot of that is also us having conversations with uh, the other partner, you know, like, Hey, do you want to meet my family? Mm -hmm. And oftentimes my experience is like, no, not really. Yeah. And like, Mm -hmm. that's okay. But like, that's again, that like relationship anarchy, my idea of what relationship anarchy is. It's like a social contract between the two people that they've agreed on. And so, yeah, like you can, you don't have to have like polyamory isn't everybody living together, you know, in a <laughs> weird polycule or whatever. And we're like, probably close enough to that in our friend groups. Right. As yes. it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's the question I get when I tell people like, because yes, I'm always bragging 100%. about how lucky I am. Like I'm so lucky. I you know have these people in my life that exactly. are really close friends who are also poly, who are also parents with the same age, and our kids love each other, and it's, like, super magical. Um, but we're not dating. Yeah, literally every single person is like, have you dated them? Like, no. They're <laughs> my friends. <laughs> but who knows? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I thought Sarah was coming in for a handhold. I think she was. <laughs> I was going to take your pen away because you were yeah, oh, clicking it. <laughs> oh, that's what I thought, too. I was like, wow, she's making a move live on air. On air. <laughs> Eyebrow wiggles, y'all. Uh, well, thank you guys so yeah, much for being time. on the podcast. Great to have you back, Madeline. Great to have you for the first time, Zach. Although you were like ghost uh, guest last time because we were talking about uh, bell hooks in your book group. Oh, but, that's right. So and I mentioned there was a bunch of like yeah. Zach said blah blah blah. Oh, well. <laughs> this You're is right. that Zach. Yeah, y'all. he's famous. <laughs> famous bell hooks interpreters. <laughs> please, please do not come to me. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, clearly neither do any of the rest of us. Um, but yeah, thank you for uh, listening to Mistakes Were Made. Uh, and I think we have one more episode this season, maybe. We'll mm-hmm. see. Mm-hmm. One more. By popular demand. Yep. Demand it. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at MistakesCast, and we'll be back with another episode in a couple weeks. Thanks. Thanks, you too. It was great having you here. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye.